So we're back. This is episode number five. Five? No, four. Five? Four. Four? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Because the first one was... Ground control. Ground control. The second one is Don't Fear the Spirits. And then last one was Saging Down the House. That's right. This is four. This is number four. This is number four. <laughs> and this one is... Uh, we already have the name for it. We know it's going to be... <laughs> I love the name, guys. Love Potion number nine and, and three, three quarters. quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Which means take take three seconds and guess what we're talking about today. Okay? Okay. One. Do, 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 do. What could it be? Who knows? Who wants to guess? <laughs> Guys, we're talking about love spells. Love spells. <laughs> Very requested, and I am sure that anybody who has been in the occult or spiritual world for any length of time has had somebody come up to you when you tell them, oh, oh yeah, hi, I'm a witch, and then immediately hear, oh, can you tell me how to do it? spell yeah always always it's always, always. a love spell <laughs> yeah and I, and I have to say that like uh, like of the DMs on my Instagram oh, of no. the of the ones asking for spells I would say that 90% of them are asking for specifically Real, love 90%. spells. 90% yeah seriously that's a lot that's a lot yeah yo if you want to go on a date just like Hi. She's all like, hit me up. (laughs) Boo, I'm Pan. I will date your entire kitchen and call it a good day. (laughs) Bring it. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so anyway. You want to talk about love today. You are all curious about love. What is a love spell inherently? Let's get into it. Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I mean, well, see, here's the thing about love spells. And now I have to I have to say that when I was younger, when I first started out, you know, doing witchcraft, which was in my preteens, um, I didn't, you know, there were so many things I didn't know back then. You know, I, I didn't, I never considered um, ethics at all. <laughs> and see, that is one thing that, like, relatively newer witch, like, a lot of what I've heard from day one is how to go about it ethically. Right. It's the conversation has changed a lot. Oh, my God. The conversation is like, totally changed. Totally because, changed. you know, so I'm Gen X. So, you know, <laughs> I was born in the 70s and raised in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, so, like, back then, like, you know... I know there was, like, a whole New Age movement, I guess, in the 60s, and then there was, like, another one in the 90s, mm. and there wasn't a lot of talk, at least from what what I was surrounded by, there wasn't a lot of talk about ethics. You know what I mean? There wasn't... I, yeah. It, there wasn't... It was, you know, it very much was specifically, like, oh, I'm going to do this love spell because this I have a crush on this person who doesn't know that I'm alive, and so I'm going to do a love spell to make them fall in love with me. I, and I think that that's almost... It's almost, like, stereotypical sappy pop culture like 
spiritualism of the 60s, like, oh, we just all want to, it's all just nice, we all just want to feel good, we all just want to have a good time, and it's like, you know, you, you see it on, like, you know, a TV thing where it's like, oh, Susie has a crush on Johnny, and so she's gonna, you know, get an oil from, some, from like, somebody in third period whose mom is a witch, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you, you, it's just, it's, it's kind of hokey. Yeah. It's so common that it's almost hokey. Yeah. Not to put down anybody who actually wants to know how to do a love spell. We no, see. not at all. We I mean, appreciate you. We've We're both also, done love spells. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I've done like, more than I care to admit. <laughs> but that's why we're here today is it's like, you know, let's have this fun conversation about creating spells. Because I don't actually think we've been in the spell crafting territory before. No, we, we haven't been in spell crafting territory. Which is a fun territory. place to be. It's a very fun place to be. And, and, and that's the thing where, you know, we could also do an episode where we just talk about doing spells period because you that's a whole <laughs> freaking topic you say it as if we'll own. only do one on how to make spells. exactly guys ask us questions ask us specifics <laughs> and then we'll do those kinds of things sooner but until then yeah we, we'll, we'll we can do talk a whole, about a lot of spells <laughs> yeah we'll do a whole episode at some point where we talk about like how to get your mind into the mindset of like crafting a spell and like what the steps right. are and have you but but before we break down actual spell crafting from a generic sort of perspective I wanted to talk about specifically love spells just because of how common Absolutely. common they are how commonly they're asked for mm-hmm. um, and you know and I always feel really super bad because like when I first started um, American Witch 13 the Instagram account I didn't have that many followers I mean for a long time right. I had between 500 and 1000 followers and you know I kind of thought they were, I was going to say Shout that Shout out to the OG American Witch 13 fans. I know, the original followers. I love you. You stayed with me through all my craziness Aww. and ups and downs. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, but originally, because I had so few followers and I had didn't have all these other projects going on, um, you know, I could really help people like a lot more, you know, like, yeah. and, and I would, I would get a lot of requests, like people write me all the time, like, oh, can you help me, you know, write this spell or whatever. And I would either, you know, lots of times. You were I, more hands on. I was way more hands on because I could be. Um, 50,000 people later. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's wicked hard. hard. <laughs> and, um, but I have tons and tons behind me on this bookshelf that I'm share, showing on the video, but you can't see on the podcast. Um, I have tons and tons of books, and so, like, what I would do is if someone asked for a spell, like, I would find whatever spell sort of, or multiple spells that would suit their needs and take pictures of it and send it to them. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, but that takes that takes time. That does take a lot of time. You and, were, like, curating things for your followers. Yeah, because I only would get, like, one in a blue moon asked me that, so I was able, I had the time. Wow. Now I get one, like, every day, and I just don't have the time. <laughs> um, but, but, like... But anyway, I'm like, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> but, like, you know, it makes me feel bad. Like, I wish I could help people with more spells. But that's what the podcast is But that's, is what the, that's why we're doing so what we we're doing. So we can reach a broader audience. Exactly. So I can answer these questions in, like, in one fell swoop. Right. Um, so the thing that I always tell people, and, and this is the thing that I didn't know when I was younger, and I was doing love spells. Mm-hmm. And I did love spells for myself. I did a lot of love spells for friends and <laughs> oh man anyway we'll that's get- a choice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know but the but the thing is the thing that I didn't know back then that I know now that I wish I had known I would have saved a lot of people including myself headaches and heartbreaks oh. um, is that you know when you are doing a spell if the spell 
you know, it's one thing to do a spell and say, like, uh, I want to bring money into my life or, right. you know, I want a new job or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, it's even one thing to say that you want to attract love in general, you know, mm-hmm. um, because those are spells that are only really affecting your free will and your life. Yeah, there's there's a really big difference in the effort that it takes to work with something that's more objective, like money is an item. Yeah, and <laughs> it it's is not, a thing. And it's not even just the but effort, it's it's, it's, it's the that person. it's the free will part of yeah. it. And so like if and so if you're doing these spells for yourself and you're only affecting yourself, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But when you do a spell to make someone fall in love with you that maybe they're in love with someone else or maybe um you know, they're not in love with anybody, but you're just totally not their type at all whatsoever. Yeah. Um, which is a hard pill to swallow, but that is a thing that happens. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're doing a spell to make someone love you, then you are taking away their free will. And that crosses over into what many have colloquially called for many years, quote unquote, black magic. Now we're trying to call it something different. We don't want to use terms like black and white. Well, well people will work it out. Though personally, I am of the opinion that no magic is inherently good or bad. Right. Trying to influence somebody who doesn't want anything done to them is a super gray area. Right. It's really, it's, it's, and at the end of the day, it's like you hear, not to scare anybody, but you you do hear horror stories in these circles of people who like harass people or who go to these really extreme lengths to like cast these spells that really mess with people because they're not doing what this person wants them to do. Right. And that goes into this place of almost borderline harassment or outright harassment. And that's well, not okay. Well, and, well, bottom line, it's about consent. Exactly. That's it's, the bottom line. Magic that involves love should be treated with the same way you would want to treat somebody who you want to love. Which, right. you're right, involves consent and communication and trust. Yeah. And if you're just trying to kind of steamroll those things, maybe you need to reconsider what kind of spell you're doing and why you're doing it. Right, exactly. And while, yes, there are, you know, many gray areas and blurred lines in magic, um, and we will get to some of those, mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I, I'm not saying that nobody should ever do any kind of magic that takes away someone else's free will, end all, be all. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, and we'll, this will get into another discussion in another episode because the this is a different spell. Cast. Yeah, that will be a different discussion. <laughs> um, because there are, you know, there are scenarios wherein you might have to take away someone's free will for their own freaking protection. Yeah, it's like if it's like super quick mini scenario if you've got a friend who started abusing a substance for example and you're really really worried about them and you want them to find the strength to do what's best for their health you might cast something to have them help find that strength you're technically interfering with their life if what you are doing you truly believe is going to work however if you're doing it so that they don't potentially die or get hurt. You're doing it from a position where you truly intend for the best. Whereas with something like a love spell, which is why they get so complicated, people sometimes come at it from a position of, 
I want this, so I'm going to take it by any means necessary. Exactly, and that's a, that's a good way to put it. Where it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm I'm. Who cares what this person, this other person wants? Exactly. I want this person, so I'm going to make them love me. You know, I know. And um, and that's that's really dangerous, dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, whenever people come to me and ask for a love spell, the first thing I usually tell people is I don't do love spells. Mm-hmm. I don't do them for myself, and I don't do them for other people. I used to, mm-hmm. and things blew up in my face so I'm going to share an example and I don't think that my friend would mind that I share this story I'm not going to name um, any names of course my friend uh, wanted a spell done where uh, wherein she wanted to be bound to her lover for all eternity oh and that is some wording (laughs) yeah that is some and and I mean and and let's just take a, a like footnote to your story is it's like just how aggressive that request is, binding someone to you for all eternity. Well, that's love, though, man. Like, we, man, you know, when, when you fall hard in love with someone, I don't blame her for wanting to do that spell because I get it. I yeah, get this isn't. It. This isn't. This is not saying that the person is inherently bad. It's. It's. It was a learn. It was something you look back on as a learning point. So, yeah. as a learning point, is to say what are like. For me, like you mentioned, like when someone asks you about a love spell, what you respond. When someone asks me about a love spell, my response is always, the first thing is, why? Well, yeah, so, but you're talking about someone in an enlightened space. I'm talking about oh, 20 freaking years ago. I completely ago understand. Before I had any concept of ethics or anything like that, and, and also with my friends. So yeah. anyway, so my friend, she wants to, she asked me to do this spell where she wanted to be bound to this person for all eternity because she was so totally in love with this person. And at, and that that was not the issue. That's not, that was even remotely the issue at the time for me that didn't even occur to me to be the issue because I um, that's when that's the point like it I didn't it was un- your learning experience. yeah so, yeah and so um so anyway so at that particular time I was heavily um studying Egyptian magic right and um I had uh gotten a couple of different books and the books that I had gotten it was kind of interesting like they didn't they wouldn't just spell out the spell <laughs> like step one step two step three you know you had to kind of read the whole book and piece things together oh that's interesting yeah it was almost like cracking a code in order to figure out where what the what the actual spells were and so it uh-huh. took a lot of work and a lot of research and a lot of having to like draw connections to things wow and so I pulled from it um a love spell that would bind her for all eternity to this to this other person and and I did the spell for her and, and I said to her, I warned her, you know, I said, I did, because the book came with a warning, you know, <laughs> and now a warning. <laughs> now a warning? Sorry, I'm quoting a movie. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I just had to do it. It's Meryl Streep in Death Becomes Her. Yes. Like, yeah, so anyway. Great movie. If you haven't seen Death Becomes Her, pause this. Go, Go find it. it. <laughs> Come back, rewind it's so you get so the reference. <laughs> so anyway, um, so the book came with a warning, and it basically said, you know, if you do if you do this spell, like you will legit be bound to this person for all eternity in the most um, obvious way, right? Mm. Now I didn't because I was young and naive and whatever. Uh, I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. And because again, learning, learning, experience. yeah. So you know, whatever. I do the spell for her. I tell her the book is, has a warning. She's like, I don't care. I don't care what the warning is. I want to do it. I'm in love. 
And I was like, great, let's do it. So... <laughs> And, 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 it, and, to, and to be fairness, it's like love is a very strong emotion. It is. It takes it's a very over. driving emotion. It makes you say, do crazy things, and that's fine. That's why I say don't play. I love my friend to the moon and back. I would never blame her for anything. No, um, absolutely. So, so like, so, and, you know, and so anyway, so I do the spell, and I hear from her a little while later, well, what binds you to someone for all eternity? She's pregnant. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <gasps> yep. My gosh. And it was like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. You know. <laughs> and this was like twenty some years ago. Mm. Oh, no. this was a long time oh, ago. And so you know, the, and then it was like, okay, crap. Okay, so we have to like undo, you know, reverse the spell. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, first of all, I'm really sorry. You know, like I didn't. Because to a certain extent you feel like. Oh, oh I felt oh, totally like it was my fault, fault, you know. <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess we can reverse the spell. But I was like, you know, I don't really know what that's going to mean or how is that going to work or. This is like literally giving me just the biggest pit in my stomach. Right? Yeah. I just am so, I'm so nervous hearing this story. Um, but oh, yeah, gosh. so anyway, the spell ended up, um, you know, resulting, the reversing the spell ended up resulting in a miscarriage. I didn't want to hear that. I know. I'm I knew sorry. it was coming. I didn't but want <laughs> It has to be told and it has to be shared because it's, it's a learning experience, you know, and yeah. So you have to be so super careful when you do spells like this because what you think. You know, you may think you know what you want the outcome to be, mm-hmm. but if you're not specific enough and, and you know, when you're kind of playing with fire, other things will happen. Yeah, and that's why that's why when you started to tell the story and I was talking about, like, you know, it's like, oh, that wording, it wasn't to necessarily, like, correct past you. It was more to say, like, guys, we're telling you these stories so that you can see, like, what the red flags are in your own life. It's right. like if somebody comes to you with really aggressive wording, like, consider... How to break that down because, like, sometimes there are consequences to these kinds of things. Right. Like, I've, I like I mentioned, I've heard of people getting friends at being in really aggressive positions and having to do, like, severe uncrossings and, mm-hmm. like, return to sender type magic. And it's, like, there was, um, there was one occasion where, you know, it's, like, it was, it was in a discussion with some other people in a shop and somebody came in and they wanted to ask about love spells and, you know, they basically just felt like they... They felt like they were in a position where they couldn't otherwise find love. Mm-hmm. However, it's like they didn't necessarily have a target. They were just like, oh, I just want to make myself irresistibly attractive to women. And, you know, sometimes people well, sometimes people go into, into occult shops kind of just looking for an answer that they might not otherwise have. Right. And, you know, you empathize with that person. But what happened was, like, the more we tried to kind of, like, we kind of transitioned into, like, and we'll discuss it much more later because this is, that's, this is my favorite part of love spells is working on self-love. Right. And a lot of people are trying to encourage this individual to, you know, maybe look into some other stuff and, you know, maybe try to find some answers within themselves. And they got really, really defensive and eventually stormed out. Aww. And it's a really sad situation because, like, you could tell how angry this individual is and how they wanted this just fix that was, like, to take stuff from other people and there was no way around it. And it's just like, that's the kind of stuff that sometimes happens with this kind of magic where it's like love. I I think, and this is kind of what I was going at earlier is it's like love is inherently some kind of attraction, either you're attracting your person or you're attracting something to yourself. And when you're dealing with stuff that is as raw as just 
pure emotional attraction, there's just a lot that has to happen. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, and the thing about like, um, you know, in that, in that, in the, that particular example of the spell that I did, like, yes, the spell worked. Mm-hmm. It did the thing because you can eternally be bound to another person by creating a new life, you know? So the, the spell, so that's another aspect of it. If like the spell works, we have to be very specific with your wording. You that have to say specifically what magic. you want. Um, and, and like, what does that mean? You know, like, what does it mean to you? But, but also you have to be careful with, um, you know, there's the, the free will aspect of it. Like you don't want to take away anyone else's free yeah, will. You, you also want to be very, very clear and concise with exactly, yeah. like state exactly what you're looking for. Because it's too vague to say like, I want to be eternally bound to someone is too vague where that's not bringing in like, you know, if you wanted, if you wanted to do a spell, like you're mm-hmm. looking for marriage, you're looking for love, you're mm-hmm. looking for this, that, specifically say that, you know. Yeah, um, there are a lot of spells where it's like, like last time we talked about cleansing, there's a lot of wiggle room with something like that. You have right. a general idea that you can go for, but stuff where it's like super specific and people are involved, you have to have everything in an order. What you're using, what your intent is, what your words are, what your actions are, who's there, all of that has to be done right. Totally. And like and and like you know a lot of people I think they want to do spells. I mean obviously because they want to, you know, <laughs> uh change reality for themselves. But Yes, magic um, by definition. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of people sometimes like want to do them because it's fun to do. And it is. Like the actual act of doing a spell can be super fun like Absolutely. when you're when you're sitting there and you're lit, you know, you're carving your candle and you're chanting and and everything. But that's that's like 10% of your spell. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of your spell is the pre-planning and figuring out how to word exactly what you mm-hmm. want and and using all the right tools and herbs and so on and so forth yep. to um, infuse your spell with exactly what you're wanting yeah, to I get. Yeah, I swear I'll spend I'll spend easily 3 days to a week writing something and prepping the ingredients before I do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um and on on that note, because you're you know using all this time to like think about what you're doing, mm-hmm. like what is that? That's cunning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're using your cunning in order to create your spell. And so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit, insofar as love spells, because so if you know if what we're saying is be careful doing love spells because you don't want to affect someone else's free will. What I hear in my head are all the people who ask me the questions, well, then how do I get Joey to love me? Or how do I get mm-hmm. Bob to love me? Or whomever, you know? And um, There's a lot of ways to answer that. Yeah, and, and but, but, you know, how do you do it? Well, it depends. If you personally, there's no one, we're not, like, I, at least I'm not telling anyone, do not ever do a spell where you take away from so much free will because, hey, do whatever the heck you want to do. But what we're just kind of saying is if you do decide to do that kind of a spell, be aware of what the consequences can be because it may yeah. not be what you think it's going to be. There's there's a saying in certain magical circles that the big reason you should take caution in spells you cast, especially if they affect other people, is that if your spells are reversed, either by you or somebody else, it cuts into your capabilities. It cuts into your power. I've heard people say so much as, uh, you know, a spell that you cast, if it's returned to you, it'll cut your power in half, which I don't 
I don't know if I believe that because I, I haven't had a spell returned to me because I haven't done anything <laughs> that needs to be returned. However, if that's something that startles you, that makes you question stuff you've done, maybe that's something to consider. Or if that's something that's a part of your practice, I absolutely respect that because I do think that to a certain extent, if you're working with that much energy and putting that much stuff out there and somebody doesn't want them to be on them to that extent that they sever it or they return it to you, then there's going to be some kind of repercussion. And maybe that's just you not having as much strength and capability in your magic anymore. For a period of time. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, And and, and, and so in saying that then, so what would be another way to approach a love spell if you cannot, Mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, say say I want to do a love spell on, you know, I'm going to make my friend Celeste fall madly in love with somebody, right? Right. And, <laughs> um, and like, let's say, uh, like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to affect her free will and she hasn't asked for the spell, right, right. or whatever. Um, so, like, one could say, like, what are, what are other ways to do it? So, um, and this is where the cunning comes in. You look at how to achieve your goal without hurting or harming anyone else are taking away their free will. And yes. so so there's a couple of ways. There's a, several different ways to do this. And so this is kind of what I wanted to talk about because uh, early on in American Witch 13, I wrote a love spell and I called it Friday I'm in Love. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> because of course. Um, and, you know, and I, and I had it, you know, I, I, I'm not a super stickler for day of the week spells, but every once in a while mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, for this particular spell, I am going to go with the day of the week because I wanted to have a little extra oomph. So yeah, for, for those who don't know, uh, Venus rules Friday. Venus is obviously the, you know, the, the sign of romance and love and all those great emotions, uh, says a Taurus. Um. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so, and yeah, so Venus is, you know, the, the you know planetary rules love and the goddess exactly. you know um venus but also aphrodite you know yes. um so anywho um so i wrote this whole spell out and i really like what i sat there and i said to myself i want to write a love spell that isn't quote unquote black magic like whatever however you want to define that um and i was like okay what 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 needs to happen so what i came up with was this idea wherein you send the person of your, the, whoever you want to cast the spell on, whoever mm-hmm. is the object of your affection, you send them your love. And I have this whole elaborate thing with like a pink candle and like creating like a bubble of like love that you kind of send the person. Oh, yes. But written into the spell is consent. So it's like basically saying, I send you my love. And if you consent to receive it, mm-hmm. then um, and and also consent to return it, then I'm sending you my energy and I'm open to receiving. That's a really good way to go about it because, and that's the thing that I kind of would tell anybody looking to do a love spell is you have to go about it in a more open way. It's more about placing the suggestion. It's more about empowering yourself and placing the suggestion and being open to receive whatever comes back then it is about forcing something else to happen right and you know and the spell actually freaking worked 
because I tested yeah. it on someone just, you know, because I was like, every time I do a spell to post on American Witch so that I created myself, I have mm-hmm. to test it before I actually share it with, you know, I'm like, want to make sure it Because works. integrity. <laughs> right? So, so I tested it on a friend and exactly one week after I cast the spell, uh, I got a message from my friend who had woken up in the middle of the night in another country and was like, you were in my dream last night and you were trying to talk to me and you were trying to give me something, but I couldn't understand what you were saying. And are you okay? Like, I, I'm really worried about you now because wow. you were in my dream. And and I was like, well, was there anything else interesting or specific about the dream that you noticed, like colors or anything? And he was like, they were like, yeah, there was a big, big pink bubble. And I was like, hee, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's my spell. It totally worked. And that's the thing is, is... Love that that brings up just a side note is love. There's a lot of different kinds of love, and totally. if this is your friend and they care about you, clearly in this moment they received you and they right. were checking on you. That in and of itself is a friend based love where it's like they care about you and they want to see what's going on, and it's reciprocated exactly. Yeah, and with consent, like they they had the dream, they could have chosen to not act upon. Yeah, they could have woken up and been like, "That oh, was weird. I dreamed about Melissa last night." But and they woke up and, and they were like, over. "Hey, I need to call her." Right? Is she okay? And I'm like, "Yeah, great." <laughs> <laughs> this better than great. Perfectly. <laughs> so that's like one, you know, so that's one angle that you can take is like, um, instead of like specifically saying, I want this person to met, fall in love with me, and said, I'm just, I'm going to send them my love and they can receive it and return it if they want. And if not, meh, you know, Absolutely. And, and a key part of that particular kind of spell with the intention. See, this is the key. Intention always is, isn't it? And this is where we have to go beyond our ego. This is where we do have to become egoless, and this is where we have to like go deep inside of ourselves and and be honest mm-hmm. with our true freaking higher self, mm-hmm. and say, "Can I do this spell?" And honestly say, "I'm okay if they don't reciprocate." Yeah, because if you go into the spell. With this preconceived notion of, of course they're going to reciprocate. I, I'm, I'm anxiously and expectantly waiting for them to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Then you're infusing the spell with your free will and with and hoping to uh, affect yeah. theirs. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So you kind of like you have to like meditate yourself into a space of like. I swear I'll be okay with whatever the outcome is going to be, which can be hard. That can take it's, work. It's very hard because, and and I mean. You almost have to have a relationship with the spell itself because that's how you should approach totally. a healthy relationship in the first place. Yeah. It, it, so it's very much mirroring of those healthy relationships and healthy reactions to things. So absolutely. And if you view um, spellcrafting the way that I do, which I should just know and say that I, I, even though I've been doing spells since I was like a preteen, a few years ago, I started taking classes at the Green Man mm-hmm. in North Hollywood, and they completely blasted my mind wide open. I, I had read so many books, right? but man, let me tell you, and even though I do recommend books to people all the time, taking classes from actual witches who have actually been doing the thing and like practicing for many, many years mm-hmm. is the freaking way to go. Absolutely. See, I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I have a hard time sitting down and focusing on a book, that's why, like, I need somebody like you in my life who's my mentor who's, like, 
try this. Let's talk about this. Let's do this. It's like everybody learns and experiences things in different ways. Right. And while I love books, uh, I can't tell you the last time I finished one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, totally. And and so like and so at the at the Green Man, um, when I took these classes with with Griffin and Carrie, right. Uh, the thing that I sort of learned, and now also this is an approach thing. This is like this is their approach, and I just happen to align with their approach. And so if this is not your approach, that's totally fine. Yeah, you don't you but don't have to the, just fit into whatever someone's teaching you guys. You can right. you can keep going until you find something that's comfortable. Right, but their approach is that when you're creating a spell that you're essentially birthing a spirit. I like that a lot. Right? So like so like so whenever I do any spells now, I I always keep in mind is that a spirit I want to exist in the world. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about a love spell that is going to devour someone's free will and force them to love me, for me personally, I don't want that kind of energy in the world. I don't want that spirit in the world. See, and that that's exactly why, like, when I approach something like this that's dealing with emotions, I tend to only work with mine. Mm-hmm. I I don't reach out to try and do something with something else. Like, I, I make sure that it's within my capabilities, but only for me. Because... I can't anticipate what other people are going to do. I can't try to control other people. And so just making sure that it's like, maybe I need to be more open-minded in a situation. Maybe I need to be more confident in a situation. Maybe I need to be more open to receiving something else. Exactly. That's all okay. And on that note, that segues into um, other ways to do love spells. So like, so one way to do a love spell, instead of saying like, I specifically want, um whoever to fall in love with me joey yeah joey from fourth period and instead you would do um i want someone like joey to fall in love with me right you see what i'm saying so like you're not you're not forcing the you know that person to fall in love with you but you but that person represents to you what you want in your life so and that's that's using your cunning exactly you can also take it from a perspective of like be introspective. Look at yourself and be like, what what attracts me to this person and what do I think about me this person would be attracted to? What do I think would make us work together? And do some work to maybe be like, how do I build that up in myself? Right. How do I have, like I mentioned, how do I have like the confidence to step up to that? Because like attracts like. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and that kind of goes hand in hand also with, you know, lots of times when I get asked about love spells, I also get asked about glamour spells. Because, you know, it's it's hand in hand, right? It's all about attraction. It's all about making yourself more attractive to uh, I feel to like get glamour people. spells are just confidence spells. That's exactly I'm what I was going to say. I'm just going to say it. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was just going to say. That's why I brought it up. Because at the end of the day, you know, you know, it's fun to watch the craft. Um, be it the OG one or the new one, which side note, I really liked the new craft. You saw it? I did. And See, I can really I admit, liked can it. Can I admit something really bad? You haven't seen the original? I'm so what? No, no, it's not my You're fault. You're fired. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. I swear. Anyway, I think but we were talking about glamour we, magic. We about which yeah, so yeah, so part of <laughs> um, part of love magic is, you know, if is not just to attract who you think you want, but also to to work on yourself mm-hmm. to make yourself more attractive and the glamour mm-hmm. magic is simply just working on your own confidence so that you, it's because confidence is attractive spoiler guys magic is inherently about working on yourself totally <laughs> i know it starts out as people get 
tricked into being interested in it because they're like, it's a trick I to work be- on your mental health. That's it what is. it is. Totally. It's like you think that you're going to come into this and be like, I'm just going to get more money and get a job and look pretty. And then all of a sudden you're like doing a deep dive into, but why do I feel that? All of a sudden you're <laughs> jobless and friendless and working on your shadow self. <laughs> like that's what happens. We'll talk about shadow work someday, guys. That'll be another one. It's a good um, one. I, yeah, I have to read but more we're talking, on Young we first. We were kind of talking about ways to approach a love spell. Yeah. And we we mentioned a lot of stuff, and I think that, you know, there's... there's Remember to consider that, like I said, there are a lot of different types of love. Consider what you want to work with. Consider how you want to work with it. Consider what affects you, what affects other people. What I find to be the most effective love spells these days is self-love. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, that's the, I've only ever done one and that's what I did. And it was a, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, folks of all kinds. It was a production. I tell you (laughs) what, it was fabulous. It was a, it was, it was like, it was the spell I wrote that when I was going through a really weird period in my life and I was kind of transitioning into myself. It was kind of very early in the start of my magic journey and I needed to process a lot of stuff and build myself up at the same time. And I wrote this big, long, like 20 minute spell to like simultaneously cut cords and build myself back up and open pathways for myself. Nice. And... It was heavy duty, <laughs> but and it's like that is that is the most involved I've ever gotten with a love spell where I was like, you need to focus on yourself and it's okay to do that. Right. It totally. was very much a process of giving myself permission to love myself so that I could make progress with the people that I wanted to make progress with. Right. That's a and that's a big aspect of it. And most people, when you say, "Oh, have you ever done a love spell?" It's like that's not the first thing they're going to think of. Right. So there's one last thing I wanted to mention with um, regarding love spells before we move on. Um, so the last thing to go back to the term, I've used the word cunning a few different times. You have. I noticed the emphasis. Um, and it's and it's just that it's you know it's it's sometimes it's finding. Um, loopholes in magic in order to be able to still do the thing that you want to do without infringing upon someone else's free will or what have you. Um, And so the thing that I wanted to mention just real quick before we move on to which tips and questions is uh, let's say, because like you mentioned, there's different types of love spells and it's not just between like friendship, love and attraction, but there's also love spells where you're already in a relationship and you just need to do a spell you wanted or you want to do a spell on so many things your you partner because maybe you maybe your partner is you know suddenly picking a lot of fights with you or they're a little bit distant maybe maybe you want a little so- extra saucy time exactly again side note spoiler pink and red very 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 <laughs> different yeah, pink's very is going to be your love, your your emotions, your feelings. Your reds is more aggressive. That's yeah. that's bedroom color right there, guys. Yeah, and a lot of people. <laughs> so I can't tell you how many people ask me for a love spell. And they're like, "Why are you using a red candle?" I'm like, "Because you want a love spell. You didn't ask for a sex spell." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, so the point that I was going to make though is is instead like so say you're in a relationship and let's just say your partner is um, being a little distant with you and like isn't communicating or what have you. Right. Happens to all of us and sometimes we're the one who's not communicating. Um, so one thing that you can do is instead of doing a spell on your partner to say like let's say I'm going to get 
a blue blue candle and invoke I don't know mercury or something, and I'm going right. to force my um, partner to open up and communicate with me. Oh well, you know you think on the surface I'm doing this thing from like a pure intention because I'm trying to you know whatever. Um, you think it's a higher self kind of a thing, but it's mm-hmm. still affecting their free will. It's like, okay, well, yeah. he, he or she might not want to talk right now. So why, um, or they might not want to talk right now. So why am I, why would I want to force them to talk to me? You know? Yeah. So what you can do instead, and this is where the cunning Use comes that cunning. in. Instead of doing the spell on the individual, do the spell on the relationship. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. And so, yeah, so you say, okay, well, I would like to infuse this relationship with communication. Hey. There you go. You need to use the same candle. You can evoke the same energy into it, what have you. Just direct the energy at the relationship, the bridge between yourself and the other person. Literally envision the thing that ties you to that person. Yes. Throughout that spell, like, just... Whether it's, you know, there's a lot of imagery for, like, a red string or some kind of a tie. It's or a like pink string, like, pink whatever. String. Envision that connection to your other person. Work with that. Right, exactly. Because then you're not trying to... It's the, it's the difference between opening a door and saying, hey, do you want to come into this room? And grabbing somebody by the arm and taking them into that room. Totally. And because I like to give credit where credit is due. Give me that credit. I learned that particular tip very specifically from Griffin at Green Man. Shout out to Green Man yeah. again, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're the best with teaching you what like not to do so that you screw your you know like, you don't want to screw yourself up magically you know and like that was such a good lesson for mm-hmm. me to learn. I was like, oh my god, that makes perfect sense. Instead of like stepping on other people's toes, you work on the relationship. That's a it's really perfect. wise way to approach it because I'm I mean. Just like there are lots of different types of love, there are lots of different type of relationships. And if it's that same thing about that, having that open-mindedness, being open to things, if there's no connection between you and a person, just create that channel to receive a connection or to let there be room to build one. Right. It's, it's not always about making something happen. Totally. Which... This episode's witch tip, um, mine is going to be write your own spells. Yeah. Um, Guess what? My witch tip is also write your own spells. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I totally (laughs) forgot we were doing the same one. Sorry. We actually, we actually, sometimes we don't really talk about what exactly we're going to say but on this one like we realized we were going to talk about the same thing so we're like let's just continue the discussion into kind of the basics of spell writing a little bit because it's there's a huge difference again we've talked about it with intuition before it's like learn as much as you can read as much as you can get the experience but at the end of the day when you tailor something to yourself and your personality and your situation it's going to be so much more potent exactly and so and i know however i know though because of because of the messages that i get on a daily basis mm-hmm. i know how afraid some of you guys are um, some of you witches are about doing your own spells when you're brand new because you might be afraid, um, you know, of the repercussions if you do it wrong or that your magic isn't strong enough or what have you. But let me just tell you, practice makes perfect. And and it's such, even if even if it seems intimidating, 
maybe even just try something even if you're not going to use it because it's a really good practice because what happens is it's not that you just sit down and something just spills out on the paper it's you sit down and you have an idea and you start to feel the words flow out of you and you start to realize maybe you're referencing a certain you know moon cycle or a certain herb or a certain you know time of year and you start to research what these are and what this imagery is and what these items that you're thinking about bringing together mean and so you're not only creating something that's specifically tailored to you but you're learning more oh totally and you know and and if and if you know a good a really good way to start though i mean yes eventually write your own spells but a good way to start is doing other people like doing other people's spells at first will help you get to doing your own spells like for me Mm -hmm. how i got to doing my own spells would be I would find we're talking in the 1990s, so it was harder <laughs> to find. I mean, there wasn't a vast arrays of spells online that I could look up. You know what I mean? I had to like go to weird, out of the way bookshops and dusty bookshelves and like du- and like comb through <laughs> to find spells, right? And there used to be like I would find them in Salem all the time. Like you could find these like little like independently published books that you couldn't you today you would never find any of these on amazon I'm they, sure. they would be tiny little things that some local witch had like, like photocopied and put together things. exactly mm. and they'd sell them in the shops and so i i would you know scour the stores for these things and some of them you know at the time i i didn't have the resources to know that like um, elf's ear is actually lavender. You know what I mean? So I would look at like these old spells and be like, where the he- I mean, where am I going to find an elf ear? First, I got to c- find an elf and then I have to take his ear, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so because a lot of those old spells had these weird esoteric type ingredients and stuff, um, it forced me to then try to do the research to find substitutes. And that's your, like, gateway to, like, doing your own spells. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, I don't have this item, so I'm going to substitute it with this item. And then over time you go, and I'm also going to substitute with this. And before Mm -hmm. you know it, you've substituted freaking everything. And it's such, like you mentioned, it's such a different time where it's like, you know... In your teen years, you couldn't just hop on the internet and go, well, what's Elf's ear? Right. It wasn't going to happen. Whereas it's like, and I think that's like the difference for me is it's like, I've mentioned it before when I started learning, I came in from kind of a ceremonial track, which meant there was a lot of structure. So that in and of itself was overwhelming. So when I was trying to kind of make my own stuff, it almost felt like more of a relief because I was looking for whatever I wanted. Right. So it's there's a lot of ways to learn and grow and progress. I think just some tips for spell writing um, will probably really help you guys. Um, is there anything in particular that you think is like a go-to thing for spell writing? Um, well, for me, it's just about having a reference book of correspondences, you know, so that I can like... You know, say I'm, I I have an idea that I, w- I want to do a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for example, several months ago, I did this, like, truth, love, beauty spell thing where I mm-hmm. wanted to, like, infuse the world with, you know, love and beauty Aww. and harmony and peace and all this <laughs> stuff. And um, and so I did, I created, like, a it was a, a cardinal-based spell. So it was very mm-hmm. much based on the, on the um, northeast, south, and west. And so I wanted to do, like, I have a, you know, I have an idea of what is corresponds with those directions, but I right. wanted to do a deep dive on it. Yeah. So, you know, I just used one of my reference or a few of my reference books to 
say like, okay, well, what's in the province of the East? What are all of the various things there exactly. from gods and goddesses to colors to essential oils and then you to kind of herbs? See what hits you and exactly, you and it's like, okay, it. well, this one's not speaking to me. This one, oh, Adonis is there. Boom. Okay, I'm good with that. We'll put Adonis there. Yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like I do exactly because yeah. that's exactly how I go about it in the same way. Which is what I do is I start with one simple not idea but an item Mm -hmm. so i had one where i wanted to make something that was kind of an aggressive ward something that was very you know like stand your ground type very bold warding and so i came up with this spell for what i called a phoenix flower Hmm. and i just started with this idea of i knew i wanted to incorporate fire and yet have it in a spell jar and so from there i kind of delved into like well what how would that work what could be suspended where and so i started to get more of these ideas and it's like we get things like okay i want lots of red so let's go with like chilies and cinnamon and bright flowers and let's get those all together and do i want any stones do i want anything sweet and then once I have the elements in mind it kind of starts to come to this perspective where I'm like okay well for me I tend to verbalize a lot Mm -hmm. which probably surprises you not (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like for me it's almost like writing song lyrics while I'll sit down and I'll be like I just kind of pour it onto the page and then I'll double check it and I'll see like how do these correspond to the actions I want to take? And right. how do those correspond to what I actually want to create overall? Right. And then it eventually turns into this three-part thing where I'm just finding the balance between them. Right. But yeah. it all comes from this one thing, which was like, I want fire in a jar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just and then you just take the deep dive. And it's mm-hmm. and it's so funny because I always I always feel bad for people when they ask me, like, um, you know, how do I write my own spells? And then I tell them, well, first you want to read a zillion different books and then you want to do a zillion <laughs> different other people's spells until you get to the point where you're frustrated and you're like, none of these are perfect and then you force yourself to write your own. Yeah, don't overwhelm and, yourself. And then like you're like, and then it's like, and then a deep dive of like, what are the associations with all the different tools? <laughs> and and I realize that that can like overwhelm people. Absolutely. But unfortunately, that's the process. It, it's, it's not. It's not going to be like today. You say to yourself, "Gosh, I'd like to write my own spells," and then tomorrow you're writing kick-ass spells that totally work all the time. And if you're <laughs> if you're nervous about it, if you're not sure, if if you. You know, if that sounds really daunting to you, just start with, like, one small thing. Super simple. Maybe, like, the simplest thing I can think of is, like, maybe I just want to sleep well tonight. Right. Maybe I just want to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. I would, my first instinct is, like, okay, I want to do something that's a ritual with tea. Immediately my mind goes to a chamomile. Right. And then, you know, like, honey, and it's like, okay, that's very mundane. How do I expand it into something else? What do I want to say? Do I want to do any cleansing? Do I want any incense or candles? Do you want to do any vision work while you're sleeping and throw in some mugwort or whatever? Yeah. Do I want to astral project before I go to sleep? Exactly. How, what process do I take from there? And you see how you just start with one small idea that sounds really simple. That honestly, you could just, you know, handle by taking a NyQuil. Right, yeah. But (laughs) I'm like, But I'm like, okay, but I don't want to do that I want to have something a little more ritualistic yeah. so that that's a part of like my spiritual process. I think what I would start like if I was going to if I wanted to practice writing spells without having because I mean when I and part of the reason why I say the things that I say is because I did the wrong thing and and 
screwed it up spectacularly. So like you have kept me from making so many mistakes. Yeah, and I mean because like you would not like the two of the two big spells. I mean, I told you to share the one I did for my friend, and then like a spell that I did for myself back during the Egyptian magic days was a, was a fame spell, and I don't even want to take the time to go into like how that it blew up in my face, um, but like. You know, those were huge freaking spells that I was diving into without mm-hmm. even remotely enough knowledge. And yeah. and so, like, what I would say is if you're going to, if you want to start practicing um, casting spells, especially your own spells, make them as simple as you possibly can and keep them in a realm that is easy to deal with and probably can't possibly go wrong. For example, protection spells. Oh, great pick. Right? Because a love spell, as we talked about earlier, love spells can go really freaking wrong. (laughs) Um, But things like protection spells, it gives you an opportunity to practice, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, do you want to write a rhyming chant? I do. I, I don't always write rhyming chants, but I do love to do them. There's a lot of, and again, it depends on your practice, depends on a lot of things, but there are a lot of practices that like acknowledge that there is a power in repetition and rhyme. Totally. So it's like, do you want that? Mm-hmm. And then, and then you just, do, do you want it to be a candle spell? And if you want it to be a candle spell, do you want to carve into it? And what do you want to carve into it? And, you know, maybe you just want to do a really simple peaceful protection spell and you can just literally just carve in a peace sign heck you can (laughs) you can literally pick a candle of any color figure out what you want from it and just say a few words yeah and boom there's your spell there's a spell that's a spell but i really like protection that is something that i did a lot of when i first got started and again i'm I'm here to give you guys all, like, renter-friendly, work-friendly witch tips. Like, I'm the very practical witch that I am, living, like, my double life. Um, Like, I actually have, like, experimented with and written, like, different wards and protection spells that I put at work. A big thing that I found is super helpful, and I actually, I'm not going to act like I came up with this by myself. I did find this online, props to the internet. A really cool tip was, like, put some kind of a protection spell on your desk and leave it in a drawer and that not only protects you throughout the day but it just helps solidify your workspace it's like stuff like that is so easy and it really can't go super easy i love that and that reminds me of um my little mini spell jar necklaces that i have on etsy right now which unfortunately almost sold completely out guys these are gone (laughs) by the time this by the time this comes out like weeks and weeks from now they're gonna be gone yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'll, or, or i'll have more by then oh, oh, um, so check so check out melissa's etsy and find out yeah um <laughs> but i have this like what i just i had these little mini jars and i you know i have all these like they little were, they're so cute and then i have all these like herbs and things and i have all these little crystals and i was like well what if i just made I love spell like jars. a spell in a jar that you can wear and then like so you know things like that like that that right there is practicing Spellcraft. Honestly, I I started with a lot of spell jars because they're very very easy because they are. you can fun. visualize what you're doing. You can visually see like, oh, I'm adding lavender and rosemary and an oil and a stone and it's like you can literally take three things and put them in a mini mason jar and put them by your bed or or whatever. It's there are so many great ways to you don't have to start with a huge big project. Right. Yeah, it's just simplifying. You can Seriously. you can start with little things. And like we like we were talking about today with like love spells, it's like just doing little things like just talking over a tablespoon of honey. 
right. and t- having honey. Oh, like, totally, yeah. Or like great, stirring, that's like a great way for having a cup love. of tea and and as you're stirring it, stirring it clockwise and like asking for something in your life or if you want to, you know, get rid of something, stir it counterclockwise. Boom, spell. Spells. You know? Spells are everywhere, guys. Question. Elizabeth.s. Um, she wrote on to American hey, Witch Logan. 13. And the question is when you feel a calling toward a certain deity, how do you go about finding trustworthy research to decide if you'd like to begin down that path? This and is another, this is, this is, the theme of today's episode is big topics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so with this one, but let's, let's break it down because it's, she's not, um, uh, he or she, Elizabeth, I'm assuming is she, um, is not asking, um, you know, how to work with deities or whether or not to work with deities, which will, that will be a whole other episode we that will take a deep dive. We'll talk about gods and goddesses. But this is point. just a super quick question of, um, you know, how do you find trustworthy research? So this is a really good question because there's yeah. a lot of nonsense research out there. And I and I want to just mention something really quick. Where I don't, I'm not going to name any names. Um, Nameless here. But I was working with a particular goddess. And I was using uh, ancient texts. Mm-hmm as a reference material for whenever I wanted to write anything with this particular ancient goddess. Um, the reason why I used the ancient material was because when I was looking her up, the ancient stuff jumped out at me. Yeah. You know, it, it and it rang true. There was something deep within my gut that as I would read this particular material, I would feel like, Yes. Like it was like, yes, there was like excitement. There was this, there was like, it felt good. It felt safe. It felt proper. It felt correct. Um, However, with this same particular goddess, there was some, um, and there's a reason I'm not naming the goddess because I don't want to call out the writer of the more recent books because I don't want to, you know, whatever. But we there try were, to be polite here. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be polite, but there were some books that were put out more that were more modern that sort of uh, that were sort of like a retelling of this particular goddess. Mm-hmm. And um and they're super popular and there's some people that really love them. And that's partly why I I, I don't want to say anything negative because I don't want to make those people feel bad because right. to each their own. But when I looked at this particular individual's books and videos, um, I felt a horrible feeling inside of myself. Yeah. It didn't feel true. It felt false. It felt like the person was, a, was um, I don't want to say a scam artist because I don't want to be, uh, you know. It, it, it just wasn't anything that you associated it, with this deity. Right. And it didn't resonate with me at all whatsoever. And, and, and there were even like parts of it that I was repulsed by. Oh, no. Yeah. To the point where if, if, this these particular writings were my only view of this goddess. I would have never ever worked with this goddess at all whatsoever. And see, that's a big reason for me. We we kind of talked about this a little bit before. We come from very opposite spectrums on the gods and goddesses, uh, because I do not work with any at this time. 
And a big reason that I don't is in part that I had a very religious upbringing that I kind of had to work through and then come into my own spirituality. And the idea of going back to a god or goddess right now kind of still feels weird. But I also, while I do have moments of resonance, since I'm not actively looking for anything, they they can just kind of... It's it can feel overwhelming and I don't feel like I've had that connection yet where I'm like I I want to explore this person more and I'm ready to work with them. Right. I'm not there yet where I'm like You haven't felt a calling. Exactly. And now what's weird, I'm like the opposite of Regina in that I was raised um with no religion. And yes. and you know, and I know I talk a lot about like I have Catholic family members and I have Protestant family members and the Catholic side did very much try to influence me and win me over. It just didn't work. Um, but I do like the stained glass and the incense. Um, I mean, but uh, <laughs> ritual is still ritual. <laughs> but, but you know, but I actually, when it comes to, like, how I was raised at home, we did not go to church. We did not pray. We did not... Um, talk about God or Jesus or any of that stuff. Right. Um, we had, you know, we had tons of different books, like, about uh, a variety of different religions. So when I was mm -hmm. young, you know, I was reading stuff about Greek mythology, and I was reading yeah. Norse mythology. Absolutely. And so I, I didn't read it. I never read any of this stuff from a religious perspective. And I think that's the right way to go about it. Like, there have been times where I've considered kind of starting to get into certain pantheons, especially regarding like what I do know of my heritage and what I and then the things that I am curious about. And what I always try to do whenever I am curious is I don't start from the perspective of the people who work with the deities. I start from the historical and mythological perspective. Right. I go to recorded history first and yes. I go to the cultural perspective first before I get into people's opinions. Yes, exactly. And that's super key and I and that's and that works best for me as well because you see historically what time in which were these deities mm -hmm. Uh, worshipped or existed or what have you or and what or the relationship with their culture was yeah what was their relationship how did people work with them at that time mm -hmm. um and and i think that's super important and but also for me though like because i didn't view the world through i wasn't raised from birth to view the world through a religious lens i was raised to view it through a sort of evidence-based lens so you and, were in a position where it wasn't that Another being was the answer to something, but another being could be potentially a tool to utilize. Exactly. And I've gotten into so many arguments <laughs> with people my whole life over this. Both both Christians and um and non-Christians. And, and non-Christians like or other or... other faiths, but also with witches, other witches who I'm sure. You know, who 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 worship the gods and who work with the gods. Um, and don't at all like my my approach because my approach to, my approach to the gods to me the gods represent energy. And, I, I agree with this. And each god, it's like it's like okay, it's like uh, it's Ooh. like a prism. Okay, yeah. and so like if you look if if in a perfect world we can view every outcome, we can have every feeling, and we can have every energy. And obviously, mm -hmm. that's not real because we would go bananas. And so like. All of creation is the whole prism, mm -hmm. right? But 
individual deities are the individual little flat pieces of the prism that like reflect like one aspect of it like one color comes out like this is reflecting pink and this is reflecting green and like that's a very specific splinter of energy of the whole Mm -hmm. and so say for example i'm doing my friday i'm in love spell um and i want to send someone love well i'm gonna invoke or evoke depending uh, the goddess, let's say Aphrodite for that, yes. because say she is the goddess of love. And so I want to um, invoke this feeling into myself. So I'm going to call on Aphrodite, but it's not because I'm worshiping her or praising her mm-hmm. or thinking that she's the end all be all or that she's going to give me love. It's because she mm-hmm. embodies love, and I want to embody love, so therefore I invoke her to embody that spirit. Exactly. It's another ingredient to the spell. Exactly. For me, and I, I really agree with that, and of course, as we've mentioned, this is a much, this is a tidbit of a much broader perspective on gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. I am very much of the mindset that what you give energy holds that energy. So if somebody is very, very religious and they're giving that energy of their faith to some kind of god or goddess or religious mindset, that doesn't make it unreal for them. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So so when you, if you decide to work with a deity regularly, you are creating a relationship. Yes. And that's a big, th- relationships are commitments <laughs> and uh, I am not ready for that kind. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like, in, 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 which I get. But, like, when I was a kid, you know, I remember being a kid, really little, like, even, like, between, I don't know, 8 and 10, I want right. to say. And I would, I would, I read about Athena when I was really super young, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, I am Athena. Like, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I completely resonated with Athena, and so I used to talk to her when I was a kid, and I, w- I didn't think of myself as a witch. I didn't think of myself as having a patron goddess. I didn't no. Yeah, I didn't I none of these things. No, I just thought not. she sounded really cool and I was like I kind of like aspired to like want to be like her. But Athena is, you know, it, it, it's like this very very strong figure. That's not right. something that that's not a bad takeaway. Totally. That's empowering. And and so and what but what's interesting to me is like I didn't even realize that gods were choosing me. I didn't even right. realize this. And she, Athena would pop up everywhere, all over the place, and I would be like, oh, Athena. And then as I got a little bit older and I started writing, um, I mean, I, I've been writing poetry since I was really, really, really young. Yeah. And it's the first thing that I ever wrote that was published traditionally was poetry. And so there was a period of my life where I, like, I like discovered um, runes and Odin and all this stuff. And I was reading all this Norse, Norse mythology and then I was called upon by Odin, you know? Yeah. And again, I didn't realize I was doing something witchy. I didn't realize I was working with a god. But because I had read that, you know, Odin had invented the runes or whatever. Um, I don't even know if that's true. I read that when I was like 10 and I thought it was cool. But, again, but I liked yeah. it. And so then whenever I wanted to write a poem, I would be like, um, oh, I, you know, like, oh, I can't think of a word. Let me call on Odin oh, to help really? me think of a word because he was the, the invented language. So it's like, oh, okay. Therefore, I will call on the mm-hmm. one who invented language to inspire me with the correct words. And that's the same, that's, you know, the same thing I was just going back into was, it's what I said earlier. You 
didn't come from a perspective of somebody telling you, this is what so-and-so does, and this is how you should pray to them, and this is how you should work with them. You came from the bare-bones, factual side of things. Yeah. And when you're starting to learn anything, that's really the right way to approach it, is it's like, don't go based on somebody's opinion if there are factual or historic or cultural statements. Start with those. Exactly. Yes. Okay, and I think that answers the question. We answered your question. (laughs) And so we've gotten to that time. Um, if you want to, uh, as normal, if you want to find us online, you can find us on Instagram at American Witch 13. You can find us also at the circle cast. Um, and you can find both of our individual private, <laughs> you, uh, Instagrams through both of those. Um, I'm not going to say mine again because my name is so freaking long and I don't feel like spelling it, but you can say yours. I, I mean, I'm Rosard, I'm Rosard Magi on, uh, Instagram. I know it's a little wacky, but literally just go to the American Witch 13 and you'll find me. Yeah, You'll, you'll, exactly. fig, you'll, you'll, you'll get there. You'll source your way through. Or, or the Circle Cast. Or the Circle Cast. Go there and um, there and, and check out our Patreon, um, we, we mentioned earlier in this episode that we're, and I, but this is actually, it's kind of funny it came up because it's an idea I've been thinking about. I want to do like Netflix parties with our patrons. Movie where night, Yeah, movie we watch night. witchy movies and we can like <laughs> chat about it. I feel like it would be super fun. So like if that's something that you guys are interested in, um, let us know and join our Patreon. I think that's something I would just do for the, for the first tier for the people who join for a dollar because. Yeah, guys, you can, you can start with a dollar and it's like. It, it, it may not seem like a lot, but if enough of you do it, it really enables us to do more. Like, yeah, for example... Yeah, because there's so much I want to yeah, share. Well, and, and for example, it'll allow us to do things like get better equipment. Like, yeah. we we would love to go to a two-mic setup so that we can make the sound quality better, but yes. the parts that we need for that are not cheap. So right? we, we are not there yet. <laughs> yeah, but we're saving. We're getting there. A little we'll, we'll get there a little bit at a time, but the more you help us, the more we can make for you. Yeah, so, um, so you can visit our Patreon. That's American Witch 13. And I think that's it. So thank you guys so much. And thank you. once again, now it's time to close the circle. The Circle Cast.